Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit All right. Hey, everybody. This is Stefan Gonick, single-to-soulmate.me. This is our one of our live uh, monthly Q&A calls. Um, and uh, we've got people who are live on the call. And um, usually I also get emailed in questions in advance. And I may or may not have one of those, but that's all I've got. So usually I'll spend a fair amount of time, you know, responding to the, the questions that were emailed to me. Um, but this time, like I said, I either have, may have one and or I may not have any. So it's going to be up to you guys. So if you want to talk, uh, if you're on the call uh, online, there's a little button at the bottom uh, that says raise hand. And so just click on that at any time and I'll see that you've raised your hand and then I'll call on you uh, in the first moment. Um, all right, let's see. Okay, you're you are unmuted. Hello. Hello. That's you. Hi. Did yeah. you raise your did you raise your yeah. hand? If you can hear me okay. Yeah. Um so I I did the course um <clears throat> a single to cellmate course once. And then I did it about 2 years ago. Then I'm doing it all over again because I decided I needed to do it more thoroughly. Okay. Um, I'm right near towards the end, working through my list of uh, fears, uh, blocking beliefs, and so on. I've got like w one more week, uh, week six to finish. And then suddenly today, I've uh, just learned that I'm about to lose my job or lose my job in its current format. Um, and I'm just in a bit of a panic thinking about that and trying to, my brain's kind of wheeling. And I, I, I'm kind of stuck on the issue of finding a soulmate because this stuff is just so much in my mind. It probably will be for the weeks, maybe months ahead. So do you have any advice or, or how do I approach a situation like that? Well, when you lose your job, it's going to put you in a difficult financial situation. Yeah. Or do you have plenty of savings? No, no, it's, it's a bit difficult. Okay. Um, well, it's it's challenging you know, pursuing your love life if you're feeling really anxious about your financial situation, right? Like when we're, you know, out meeting people and stuff like that, we want to be in a pretty happy, confident place. And if you just lost your job uh, and, you know, and you're feeling really anxious about that and you know, finances are tight, it's a challenging time to be dating. Um, now, some people, you know, successfully date and, um, uh, on social security you know they don't really they, they don't have a job and they have a minimal income and things like that so it's really more about your emotional state than your situation because i'm sure you'll find another job at some point right this is not a long-term situation you'll you'll find something else um <clears throat> but uh it's so it's really just going to depend on 
how much you're going to be able to be in a good place. So one of the things you can do is just tap on, uh, like, well, does it make you feel insecure about who you are with if you lose your job? Well, just extremely insecure in general, including about losing the job would make you insecure in general. Uh, yeah, yeah. And why? Why is that for you? Uh, because my career has suddenly come to an abrupt halt, and because of the financial situation, it's just like a, a fairly primeval, primitive uh, lack of of a feeling of security. Okay, well that makes sense. I mean, the financial part, um, yeah, you know, makes a lot of sense that you feel if you'd be feeling secure about that. Do you think it's going to be really hard to find a new job? Um, it's not going to be easy. Well, so one of the things you can do is just tap on all these feelings you have about your job situation. You know, we can tap on anything. See, one of the things one of the things that tends to be true for men, not all men, but the majority of men, is that their identity is very closely linked to their career. You know, so lots of times if you ask a man who he is, the first thing he'll say is he'll name his career, his job. Right. So who are you? I'm an accountant, right? Or I'm a lawyer. I'm a teacher. I'm a whatever. Um, that's that's not necessarily the case for women. They don't necessarily link their identity so strongly to their job, um, which is good when you think about it, because we are not really our job. Uh, you know, it is true. For, like I said, a lot of men feel that way, but it's it's a kind of a very narrow definition of who we are to kind of define ourselves by the work we do um i mean it's understandable from a cultural point of view that you know for a lot of men their role in life is to have a job and be a financial provider of their family and things like that but if you can separate um yourself your identity from your work that would be helpful in terms of dating right if you don't think of yourself as your job because if you think of yourself as a job and you lose your job, then you're in a tough place, right? If I am my job and then I don't have the job anymore, then who am I? Make you feel very uh, um, you know, unsettled and rootless and things like that. But if you think of yourself as I am me and you know, one part of me is I happen to have, the, I do this kind of work, but it's not the big, the bigger part of me, that, that can help. So it could be a nice opportunity to do a little soul searching and separate yourself, your self image or your self identity from your work. Um, and when I say that, it doesn't mean working isn't a piece of you. Certainly it is, but that way your, your, your self confidence, your identity, all that stuff is not going to be determined by whether or not you have your job. Um, and you will get another one eventually. So it's you're between jobs at the moment. Um, but anyway, that's one part of it. The financial anxiety, you know, that's challenging. And again, you can tap on it. Um, unless you really feel like your survival is at stake, you know, like you have very little savings and you think it's going to be hard to find a new job and it may take you a long time and you're really scared about just, you know, eating or something like that. You know, that's a challenging situation. But even there, if you can tap on the anxiety and the fears, it'll make it easier for you to get a job because, you know, when we go in for an interview just like when we're dating 
we want to feel confident, right? And uh, if you're feeling, you know, if you're feeling like a dating, if you meet a woman, you feel like she's do or die for your future happiness, you know, you're going to be very anxious getting to know her. And the same with a job. If you feel like this job is do or die, you're going to be very anxious and it'll make it harder for you to do well in an interview. So they're actually kind of similar. <clears throat> so what I would recommend doing is just doing a lot of tapping on your current situation so you can feel more relaxed about it. It may make you relaxed enough to date. You may choose not to. Um, but it'll certainly help with your job hunt and doing interviews and all that. So, you know, I'm sorry that you're losing your job. It, that it can be a super stressful situation for sure. Um, and this is some place, you know, this is a place where EFT can be helpful. Yeah, in terms of relationships, I just would feel I'm, uh, there's some, A, I've got this massive worry hanging over me uh in terms of my job situation which means i it's going to be a bit hard to lighten up and just to be like uh light-hearted and make jokes like i normally can with uh, uh interacting with women exactly and b it could just make me feel like a fraud um if i don't tell her straight away then uh then i'm just waiting for her to find out that i haven't got a job right now and that's gonna just kill all attraction instantly well, I wouldn't lead with that. <laughs> I wouldn't on the first day say, oh, by the way, I lost my job. Um, you see, it's if you think you're going to get a, a new job, you know, eventually, that's similar to the job you currently have that you're losing, then I don't feel like that's something that's like, oh, I really need to, you know, let somebody know up front. You know, if you're somebody who um, has a hard time keeping a job and this is yet another job you've lost and you're out of work and you'll be out of work for a long time and da 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 da. No, that's not me. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't worry about it. I got laid off once and uh, it took me a few months to get my next job, but I was confident I would get one. And so I chose to use those few months off as as kind of a vacation. <laughs> you know? I felt I, I quite enjoyed those three months. Um, I have a master's degree in computer science, and I um, cool. that was a, a career before my current career. And there was a, there was a time where I was doing both, and eventually I phased out my computer work. And this was a computer job that I got laid off from. I was waiting for a new one, but I, I knew I'd get one eventually, so I just wasn't worried about it. And so it didn't hurt my confidence. I had I had enough money to live on while I was waiting. Um, and I had a very enjoyable time, you know? and I didn't feel any need to tell somebody, oh, by the way, I'm between jobs. And eventually I did get a new job. Um, I actually paid better than what I got laid off from. So good. Yeah, well, that so does, it's, it doesn't feel like me, unfortunately. I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm a worrier. Uh, and um, I, I'm just worried about the situation in which it could be like, you know, six months or a year from now, but in terms of when I can resume uh, meeting people because even if i well, find a new job the beginning of a completely new job tends to be i've always found is like really really stressful You're, i'm trying to be good enough make sure i learn everything and be fast enough and, and to fit in uh-huh so there's some really good material to tap on here right you will find a new job and you know it's you know there's uh, like i said there's a lot of analogies between job hunting and dating because in both cases you're looking for something that's right for you right 
I'm looking for a job that's right for me. I'm looking for a partner who's right for me. Um, and in both cases, our attitude has a significant impact on our search. So if we're real highly anxious and insecure and scared and all this stuff, it makes it you know makes dating much harder and it makes job hunting much harder. And uh, you know we can use the law of attraction in both cases. We can use law of attraction exercises where you kind of put out to the universe what you're looking for in a job as well as a partner. You do it from a place of positive expectation, right? Positive en emotional energy. Um, so all the same techniques you've been using in my program for dating, I would encourage you to use it for the job hunt. Mm -hmm. Tap on your anxiety. Tap on your fears. That's going to take a long time because it, it doesn't necessarily have to take a long time. You could potentially get a job next month. You know, I don't know how much you've been looking yet. It was only today yeah. I found out. Okay, so you know you might start looking on uh, you know, these different job sites and notice that wow, there's a whole bunch of options here. So uh, tapping on your fear, your anxiety, your discomfort, um, both around uh, you know how long it's going to take you to find one, and also, and then once you get into a more comfortable, less anxious state, you can use the law of attraction to help speed up the process. As well as, of course, actively looking for a job, um, you can you can tap on any anxiety you have before you do an interview. You can also tap dirt through the whole interview using fingertip tapping. If you don't know what that is, um, I have a video called "How to Tap in Public Without Looking Crazy," which teaches you how to do this very subtle kind of tapping that you can do. I even mentioned the video is really handy during an interview because you can do it in a way that the interviewer can't see what you're doing. It helps relax you during the interview, helps you feel more comfortable. Um, and then also during the first couple of months of the job, you don't, you don't have to be super anxious about getting up to speed as fast as you possibly can, right? They understand it's going to take time for you to get up to speed. And so, you know, there's stuff you can tap on there. So anyway, I would, I would highly encourage you to do that, to tap on all these feelings because it'll both help you <coughs> with your job hunt and it'll help you um, – Know, be calmer for your dating situation. Will do, thanks. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're very welcome. All righty, so I have another raised hand here. Hi, Stefan. Hey there. So, I, I think I, um, my question is about uh, dating and um, what, so, so, so my situation, for instance. I'm going out and I meet different people. So I'm noticing that I can very quickly um, see that this person is toxic in this way and this one has power and control issues and this is going on with this person. And so when I'm seeing these different guys and I can tell immediately that this is not a fit, um, I don't pursue anything, even if they are interested in me or trying to connect with me, I, I just do not uh, give them any chance because I know that right. this is not going to lead anywhere because I can tell what's toxic about them. But then uh -huh. uh, I'm like, okay, so I can see these things, but why am I not attracting guys that are at least better than these toxic guys? So I can at least, you know, go out on a date with them and see even if they are not like uh, the best person or the perfect match, but at least start dating. Um, but the thing is that so far I've, 
I haven't seen that this is happening for me and I'm not really sure about what's you know what the problem is like what I can do to start moving in the right direction uh, I have heard law of attraction teachers talking about something like about the ladder that you start and then you will attract better and better and better but I don't I don't know I don't see that ladder <laughs> in my right so what's happening? right yeah I call that the yeah the upward trends that you what you're calling the ladder yeah call the upward trend yeah, well, I happen to know you, so I, I can answer this better than I can for the people I don't know. Um, you haven't healed the wounds around the controlling stuff from your childhood yet, mm -hmm. right? There, there's various toxic things that happen in your childhood mm -hmm. that you haven't healed yet. So until you heal them, you will tend to attract those kind of partners. The fact that you're working on them, though, makes you more aware. Mm -hmm. So the good news is that in the meantime, you're able to spot it. And not get involved with them. Yeah. Right. In the past, you didn't real, you didn't notice that they had, they were toxic. Yeah, I would get control in that way. Yeah, I I would get drawn in, and then I would at some point discover that they are toxic, and then I would learn from it. Like, what did I miss this time, and stuff like that. Right. But when you do the healing, you just won't be drawn. You won't be attracted to those kind of men. You won't attract to those kind of men. Okay. And you'll be turned off if, if a yes. man like that approaches you. Yeah, I, I do feel turned off. Like, I really feel very repulsed when people like that try to get into my life. And I'm like, I'm just neutral towards them on the outside. I'm like, I do not give them any chance whatsoever. Like, stay away from me. Um, but yeah, you just haven't finished healing that stuff yet. That's all. Okay, so... Uh, okay, so because I see that it seems like they are attracted to me, but I am not attracted to them. Is that, is that the, you know? Yeah, that mean that means you're in between. Oh, okay. Okay. See, if you had, if it, at the beginning the attraction was mutual. Yes. Right. Mm. Um, you made enough progress on it that you are, um, less attracted to them. Mm. Uh, but if you were completely not attracted to them, you wouldn't. You would you wouldn't even get to the point of getting to know them enough to see that they have the toxic traits. You know what I mean? Like if you had completely healed this, mm -hmm. uh, you wouldn't even be really interacting with them, right? Okay, so the like you're you're appearing in my reality. Right. Yeah, you wouldn't I mean I can't say nobody would ever appear, but it's more like that dynamic would go away. Okay. Like I'll I'll give an example. I my my big pattern originally was I was attracted to women with a victim mentality, just like mm -hmm. dear old mom, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, for for a decade, all the women I got involved mm -hmm. with all had that trait, all of them. Yes. And and then I was like you. I started spotting them early enough to not get involved with them because mm -hmm. I had only partially healed it. Once I fully healed it. I didn't I didn't encounter them anymore. It's not that they didn't exist, but I wasn't interacting with them. I'm sure they were somewhere in the room, you know, if I was in a, <laughs> a group of people, they 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 exist, but I was no longer drawn to them or them drawn to me because the every negative attraction pattern has a complementary pair. Okay. They I was attracted to them because they had a victim mentality, but I was the complement of that. I had a rescuer mentality, right? It was a complementary yeah, pair. Yeah, I have that too. Right, so I was attracted to them because they had a victim mentality, and they were attracted to me because I had a rescuer mentality. But when I fully healed it, I stopped 
being attracted to women with the victim mentality, but I also I also stopped having a rescuer mentality. So they were no longer attracted to me. So there was no reason for us to interact with each other. Okay. And and so just continue doing the healing work because you know some teachers in the law of attraction you know area they will say that you just need to do the right action do not get involved with them but what i have seen is that this is not true because i do not get involved with them yet you know miraculous or not miraculously but they just seem to appear in different places and i'm like like please just stop chasing. stay away from me <laughs> yeah. yeah stay away from me yeah i mean to me the the law of attraction is an accelerating force is my view of the law of attraction not a determining force because when you think about it the whole concept of law of attraction is you kind of send out to the universe what you're wanting yeah. right that's good um and then you're supposed to you're supposed to to attract it back to you right the universe responds with something but you send out your vibration and then you attract the matching vibration back to you but the thing that messes this up is that there's the stuff that you're consciously sending out and then there's the stuff you're subconsciously sending out yeah so if i had used the law of attraction before i healed my attraction to women with the victim mentality i'd have i would you know write down all the things i was consciously looking for in a partner and i'd be imagining all that stuff as i was sending out my my vision for my soulmate but i was subconscious i would be subconsciously sending out um the you know the being attracted to victims mm. right and so the law of attraction which is an accelerating force would help me find my next partner faster and what i would find is that the woman would have a lot of the things that i was looking for in a partner plus she would have a victim mentality <laughs> <laughs> right okay so i was like Ugh. Yeah. On the one hand, I'm seem to be getting closer to what I'm looking for. On the other hand, she's still got that damn victim mentality thing, yeah. you know? And, and that, unfortunately, is enough to just mess up the whole thing. Yeah. So uh, law of attraction by itself is not sufficient. You got to clear the negative attraction patterns at the very least. Okay. And then ideally, you also have to clear the fears and beliefs because let's say you do get rid of your negative attraction pattern, right? Mm -hmm. but you still have strong fears and beliefs yeah. around being with your ideal partner so again when you try and use the law of attraction those fears and negative beliefs are going to be part of the mix mm -hmm. and they may just kind of sabotage bringing in your soulmate because it's like the law of attraction is going well i'm getting really mixed messages here <laughs> right mm -hmm. on the one hand you say you want this on the other hand you're scared of having that so i'm not sure what to give you um so do or you cause you just the fear if you have these i know i have fears uh but will yeah. they materialize like will the person reveal this fear to you so it has to show up it's not so much that so if we're not talking about negative attraction patterns we're just talking about fears of being with your soulmate yeah so um, you're, you're more likely to sabotage it so so i'm afraid of getting married married like legally um uh -huh. because i'm afraid that the that the guy will turn out eventually to be toxic like a lot of people in relationships that i have had and that i right. will um get into real trouble because i have had these people who lie and deceive and just get me into a lot of shitty situations and right. so i don't want to be in that situation again so i'm afraid of getting legally married yeah so um, if i don't heal this fear Will that happen to me if I do get married legally? It's not that. 
It's the other way. See, we have two phases of the work, right? We have the negative attraction patterns, and then we have the fears and negative beliefs. So the negative attraction patterns are what cause you to get together with the wrong partners. Yes. Okay. Now, let's assume you've totally taken care of that. So you're no longer attracted to the wrong partner. So phase two, and I talk about this in that video that I have, the three phases of dating. So mm -hmm. if you haven't watched that, I highly recommend watching it. Mm -hmm. But what phase two is about is that the fears and negative beliefs don't interfere with us necessarily meeting our soulmate, but it interferes with us being able to be with our soulmate. So I'll give an example. It, at the beginning of phase two, uh, you haven't really addressed the fears and negative beliefs yet. So the, if they're strong, like they were for me, they were so strong. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget. I met this woman that, um, well, before I made, so before I made any progress at all, I would do the following. I would be at a party or some group event that's as a single guy. And I would scan the room. And if it was, you know, a large group, there was almost always at least one woman who would really stand out to me as, as super interesting, right? Not just that she was pretty, but that just her energy, her the personality that I could kind of sense from a distance. All this stuff would make her like really, really interesting and appealing and attractive to me, right? And then I'd keep scanning the room, and then I'd see this other woman who seemed nice. She, said, oh, she seems nice, right? Well, the one that seemed super interesting, my fears and negative beliefs were so strong that I couldn't even go talk to her. That's how much it was preventing me from even approaching somebody who could maybe potentially be my soulmate. I like that too. Not that I could, yeah, so it's not, that I, it's not that I knew for sure she was or wasn't, but I couldn't even go talk to her to find out. And instead, I would talk to the woman who seemed nice because I wasn't scared of her. I could already tell that she wasn't exciting to me. So I'd be relaxed and confident because I wasn't scared with her. And then lots of times she'd get interested in me because I was relaxed and confident. And sometimes, you know, I wanted a girlfriend, so I kind of go along with it. But I knew from day one that I wasn't really that interested, right? So it was very self-sabotaging. And then I made some progress. And I will never forget the woman, the first woman that I was, who was exciting that I actually did talk to. Um, I was proud of myself that I was able to talk to her first time ever in my life. But I was still scared enough that I was a mess, right? Yeah. I was stumbling all over my words and I was and you know not confident at all and yeah so it didn't go very well but i was still proud of myself I was like yay i at least got myself to talk to a woman that sounded that felt exciting to me so our fears and negative beliefs don't make us be with somebody who's going to be bad even if our fear is that they'll end up being one of those toxic people it, it, it will sabotage our ability to be with a good partner we address address them does that make sense okay. yeah thank you Sure. You're very welcome. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and <clears throat> mute you. Um, so like I say, I, I do not have any uh, questions sent to me via email in advance. So it's, it's up to you guys that are with me online. So if you want it, ask a question, click on the button to raise your hand. And it's okay, by the way, if you've already asked a question, but some people just want to be online and listen. And so I got somebody raised their hand. Okay, what's your next question? Yes, so I've got a bit of a technical question, just referring back to your previous answer about using the law of attraction before, before you were fully healed, uh, as you were describing it in your particular, uh, in your own experience. 
Um, so, because I I get reluctant to try and use this kind of visualization at all, because I know that I still haven't cleared out fears and limiting beliefs, and I don't want to put that out there in the universe. Um, sometimes I can get to a place where visualizing feelingizations or whatever whatever you call them, they do actually feel good, but a lot of the time they don't, so I just don't do it. So in your case, while you were using, while you were doing that visualization, did you actually, before you were fully healed on, on those issues, did those feel good to you? So I didn't use the law of attraction back when I was still attracted to women with the victim mentality. I hadn't run into that yet. This was a long time ago. So, you know, we're talking 1984. <laughs> so I hadn't learned about the law of attraction yet. So I, it was... Um, it wasn't until I was further along in my healing process that I learned about it and started using it. So I had, by the time I started using law of attraction, I wasn't attracted to women with the victim mentality anymore. So it wasn't an issue. Um, but I was aware of you know what my emotional state was as I was putting out what I was wanting. Now, you, you don't necessarily have to clear out all your fears and negative beliefs to effectively use a law of attraction because I was able to get myself in a good enough state each time I did the exercise, even though I hadn't yet cleared out all my fears and negative beliefs. I was still able to get into a good emotional state like you like you yourself notice that sometimes you can do it. Now, if on a given occasion I wasn't able to do it, I would just let it go. I wouldn't tr I wouldn't continue on that particular occasion. Right. So if I thought, oh, hey, you know, today I'm going to do the, some, that law of attraction exercise where I'm going to send out what I want, I'd be, I would reread my partner vision, I'd really feel into it, and I'd start, and then I would try and get into a, a positive emotional state around sending it out. And if I was successful, then I would just do it. And if I was not successful, I would try tapping on it. And if I could tap and release my fears enough to send and continue, then I would. And if I couldn't, I would just drop it. It's like, okay, no. Today is not the day. Um, that's 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 what I recommend. You know, just you try and do it. And if it works, great. And if you're not able to get into a good state, you know, emotional state, then just let it go. It's like okay. Good practice. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, sure. Now, if you if you're able to get into a good emotional state and you you know able to you know finish the law of attraction exercise, and it will likely bring somebody good into your life, but then if you still have pretty strong fears, negative beliefs, you'll you'll deal with it then, right? You'll run into it then. And uh, but that's not that's not a bad thing because you know the more you face your fears, the less scared you'll get. Um, I have a stepbrother who uh, is an author. He does a, deals a lot with relationship stuff actually, and he has this fun story in one of his books. Where he used to be terrified of approaching a woman, you know, a woman he didn't know in public to try and talk to her, right? And it's because he was afraid of getting rejected. So being the personal growth kind of guy he was, he decided that he was going to work through his fear of rejection by getting rejected 10 times. And the way he motivated himself is he went to his friend and he gave his, he was in college at the time, and he went to his friend, he gave him a hundred bucks. He says, don't give me this hundred bucks back until I uh, get rejected 10 times. So as a college student, 100 bucks was a lot of money for him. So he continues with the stories, and he had to, and it, and it had to be a woman he was interested in. He couldn't just be some any random woman, right? That was part of the deal. 
so he's he was in the kind of the student um uh, what it's called student center and uh, there's all these women walking around so he sees this woman that he finds interesting and attractive and he walks up to her to and the goal was to ask her out and so he tries to talk to her and he's like sweating <laughs> like sweat is dripping down his forehead and he goes up to her and he He's trying to talk and he's stumbling so badly that she's actually concerned for him. She goes, Are you okay? He goes, Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. And, and he finally gets it out that he asked her out. And uh, she very nicely turned him down. <laughs> you know, so oh, that's sweet of you, but you know, she turned him down. And you know, it's just okay, one rejection down. And he realized that as, as scary as it was, as uncomfortable it was, and everything else, that he survived. Like, okay, I survived. I'm, I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm not shattered into a million pieces. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm still okay. So he asks the second woman. And he's still scared and uncomfortable, but he's not sweating so much, and he's, you know, it's not as bad. And he, you know, he, he, you know, he asks her, and she says she has a boyfriend, but he can tell that she's just trying to turn him down nicely. And uh, he keeps doing this, and so the first five, after five rejections, um, he's starting to feel much more relaxed about it. And he goes up to the sixth woman. And he's feeling pretty relaxed and he's going and he asked her out and he was expecting his sixth rejection. And he was a little shocked when he, she said, yeah, sure. Here's my number. And he's like, huh? Uh, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> and, and then he went to the seventh woman and uh, again, she said, yes. He didn't get the rejection he needed. And then he had to work on getting rejected after that. So he can get his hundred dollars back. And he had to like start acting really weird and various things. He, he, he makes it a big funny story now. He takes poetic license, so I don't know exactly what really happened. But anyway, he worked through it, and he became much more relaxed and comfortable interacting with women he didn't know. And so he achieved his goal, basically. And I had a similar experience by using dating sites because, you know, through dating sites, I went on hundreds of dates. And uh, I almost never, almost never went anywhere. But I was really grateful because, again, I would, initially I would be, I was really, I was un awkward, uncomfortable. I was scared about, you know, wanting, you know, being rejected, wanting them to like me and stuff like that. But by going on enough dates, I finally relaxed. And I, I was much more comfortable and confident. And I stopped being so scared about it. And then things started going a lot better. So, you know, that's a long way of saying, you know, if you use a lot of attraction and it brings interesting women to you, great. You know, let let it be an opportunity to work through your remaining fears. Just keep a note of them, right? Just doing it all will help address those fears. And also write down what comes up for you and just tap on those things as the date's over. Does that make sense? Right. So I'm going to go ahead and mute you again and call the next person. Hi again. Okay. Hey. Hey again. Um, so uh, my question is actually a bit related to what you were just talking about, but it's my personal situation that um, I have this fear of rejection, and I have this feeling that if a guy that I like really knew who I am, that he would be, you know, like run away and leave, that he would never love or accept me, and it's very strong yeah. this fear, and so. I, I heard your story uh, somewhere in one of your programs. You were talking about the skeleton in the closet exercise that you did yeah. in your therapy group. And yeah. you know the, how 
accepting and people, you know, bonding and getting closer thanks to it. But my my experience experience unfortunately is not like that. So for instance, when I have tried to uh, let's even and this is not even romantic, let's just say like friendships and and uh, a guy is just asking me questions and he's the one who's asking me uh, you know um, questions about tra traumas in my past and then mm -hmm. when I told him a little bit of the traumas that I have been uh, through he just completely disappears and right. I get like re-traumatized by this I was like he asked me I wasn't even sharing with myself and then he disappears like what's going on so I'm not getting that um, acceptance or loving um, experience I'm just getting re-traumatized all the time and I don't know what to do about it so even when I'm not even the one who's sharing and the guy is the one who's asking this is happening yeah yeah I could tell you what how to handle that mm -hmm. so the, when you do the for those who don't know uh, let me just tell people what the skeleton the closet exercise is so the idea here is that the great majority of people have the same fear that you you just said which is if you really get to know me you'll you know you'll find me unacceptable right you'll and you'll leave right and that's because the idea is that i you know everybody has what you think of as skeletons in our closet that make us unacceptable right so if you you know if you discovered everything about me then you would you would run away screaming so in, in my i was in a therapy group for 14 years and the therapist is the one who told us about it and then then what we all did is we all shared our skeleton in the closet and we all felt closer to each other afterwards but the thing that is part of that exercise is you're doing it with people who already love you who already really care about you you don't just do it to somebody you're, you're first getting to know because the idea is that yeah we all do have stuff in our lives in our background and if we have a well-established relationship uh people will accept package that we are just like we accept the package that they are but when you're just meeting somebody new and just starting to get to know them we tend to be we all tend to be looking for red flags right something that like you're looking for a guy being toxic in certain particular ways that you're familiar with and so if, you know as you're getting to know a guy if you, you're going to ask you might ask him some questions that it's going to help you determine if he has those red flags so and and you know you, the guys that that you might be dating are going to ask you questions just to look for their red flags but you what you but you don't want to share those kind of things in your first first few dates right you don't want to share you know all your traumas or whatever your in your first dates because there's no established connection in order for us to be accepting of of uh you know the the issues we have there first has to be a, a a strong connection between the two of us right so i always tell people if you feel like there's something that you need to in good conscience reveal about yourself to somebody don't do it on the very first date because people are very skittish in the first date <laughs> you know and it's, it's interesting especially if you're on a dating site you know people use dating sites are like extra so you know you want you want to wait until you've had some dates so there's some connection established and then you know you already like each other 
and then you know reveal something you feel like is important for them to know and you know so they then they can make their their decision so there there needs to be enough of an emotional connection and liking established for them to decide whether or not they want they're, they're willing to accept that as part of the package but if you say it really early on, they're gonna, they will leave. It's like, oh, oh, I don't wanna deal with that. I, I, I agree with you. And that's how I'm thinking also. But in this situation, this wasn't even romantic and it was like a friendship and it was not even uh, quickly. It, maybe it was after seven or eight months or something. And I wasn't the one who was sharing. He was specifically asking me about specific traumas. And I said, yes. <laughs> And, and I do happen to have those traumas. Weird. I was like, oh my God, this is super weird. What, how, why do you ask such such questions about something like this type of trauma and then run away? Uh, you know what it might be? Maybe he was in therapy working on his attraction, both romantically and platonically, to people with certain kinds of trauma. He didn't want that in his life anymore. You know. Um, I mean, usually a friend will be fine with stuff like that. Right. It's like, okay, you guys, because we all have stuff, right? Nobody is free of stuff, right? Nobody has no issues. Nobody has no pain in their childhood or background or whatever. So, you know, usually it's, you know, with good friends, we're, you know, we're very loving and accepting of the whole package and with the right partner is the same thing. My wife had traumas in her childhood that she shared them all with me. And it's like, okay, thanks for sharing that with me. It helps me understand you better. And I shared my stuff with her and it's like, She's like, oh, thank you. You know, again, it helps me understand, helps me understand why you do some of the things you do, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because again, none of us are act well all the time. We all have our stuff. We all have our issues. And it can be really helpful to understand the source of those issues. It helps us feel more compassionate towards our partner, more empathetic. So there's a point where I think it's really helpful to share everything. Um, you yeah. know, when I met, first met my wife, I, I, shared my skeletons with her not oh, first met not not in the very beginning but after a while getting after we got together for a while and i eventually shared all my skeletons with her. how how long would you recommend because it's like uh the way i'm thinking is that to share it little by little as you get to know each other yeah um, little by little okay. and uh, i wouldn't share traumas very early at all okay. there's no need to share your traumas mm -hmm. when you're just trying to date somebody in the beginning um Know, he's not going to share his, all of his traumas with you. So, and everybody's got some. Yeah, I know you have a lot. I know you have a lot of them, but yeah, there's you know everybody has some. Nobody nobody escapes childhood unscathed, right? Yeah, and at the same time, I wouldn't want to have a situation like this friend situation, like know know each other. I don't know uh, for. Seven or eight months. Seven or eight months. That's very unusual. That's very yeah, unusual. He runs away. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to waste my time with someone who, who can't handle anything either. Right. So I would, you know, if you're, if you, I would, I would share some of those things. You know, well, there's dating, and then there's being in a relationship, right? So, so initially, they, you're you're start. having some dates, mm -hmm. just to you know get to know each other, decide whether or not you want to get involved with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't share your traumas during the, the dating phase. I would like, once you, you, you kind of agree that, yeah, we'd like to get involved with each other. We'd like to take our relationship to the next level, start 
having a sexual connection, the whole thing, um, you know, then you might, you can start bringing some of them up and say, well, you know, I just want you to know that you know, here's some of the things I'm dealing with. But when you think about it, if your traumas are not affecting your ability to have a good connection and a good relationship, mm-hmm. you don't, it doesn't mean you don't have to reveal them. It's not like, you know, I'm going to do you a disservice if I don't share with you all the traumas I ever had growing up. It's, it's really about who you are today rather than the traumas you had as a child. Mm-hmm. And there's other things that we ethically have to reveal, like, you know, if you have genital herpes, <laughs> you know, or um, HIV or something. It's like, okay, before we get sexual, I need to share that I have this thing, this condition, you know. And so we're going to have to, you know, if you decide to be sexual with me, we're going to have to always use condoms or whatever, right? You know, so there's certain things that it's important, you know, in good conscience, you have to share. But our, the fact, our traumas are actually not one of them. Okay. You think about it this way. You're, you're healing your traumas now. Yeah. You're working through them. Yeah. So if you heal them sufficiently, why do you need to reveal them? You know, I would I would tend to bring them up only if you're if you're ha- exhibiting some strange behavior due to unhealed trauma, and you want to help them understand mm-hmm. or understand why you're acting that way. Yes. So so like you say, I, you know, I'm the kind of person like if if something is going on with me, if if I feel like a trauma is affecting my ability, I'm the kind of person who who says that you know I have been through this thing, and uh, it affected me in this way, and so this is why this thing is challenging and this is why i feel like i need to do this so like i can talk a lot about like i understand a lot of my problems um and that's good to share that because it helps them understand why you're acting the way you're acting yeah yeah but it needs to be someone who who can um i guess feel okay with that accept it Yeah. yeah and if they can't feel okay with that then they're not right for you they're not the right partner for you um, but I would say it's not that common. Your experience with the friend who you're friends with for seven or eight months mm-hmm. and you shared, you know, it's interesting that he asked very specifically yeah, yeah. experience. I was like, what did trauma. I do wrong? <laughs> he, he, he. It's nothing that you did wrong. I, I would say, you know, it's more likely that he was working on that. Okay. But it's not, <clears throat> it's pretty unusual that a friend would drop you. Yeah. Just because yeah. you had certain kinds of traumas growing up. Yeah, and so when I was listening about your experience, I was like, that is not my experience. <laughs> well, you know, anything can happen. Um, but it doesn't mean it's going to keep happening. So I understand it was uh, upsetting to have your friend yeah. drop drop your friendship. Yeah. But I, I, would, I would predict that that's an unusual thing to happen. Okay. And it keep happening. Plus, you're, you're healing stuff now, so you're going to get in a better and better place, you know? Thank you, Stefan. Yeah, you're very, very welcome. All right, still have some time left. Anybody want to raise their hand? We have somebody who hasn't raised their hand yet. You don't have to. You know, if you just want to listen, that's fine. But, uh, you know, if you'd like to ask a question, feel free. Okay. Hi there. Hi. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't got a question at the moment, but I just want to uh, thank you because I'm, I'm taking it all very seriously. And, um, you know, like you were saying about um, 
making your bedroom ready and um that has been um i mean i've even been doing it on the call just because and it's not because i'm thinking oh i just want to jump into bed with somebody it's nothing to do with that it's just that i realized that um the space just wasn't friendly and open and available you know and yeah, yeah. Uh, and just from a feng shui kind of point of view the energy it just feels so different and much nicer that much nicer for me as well and that's going to have an and it's already having an effect on my feelings of availability and then um, i've um looked for some of these meetup things and uh and i found some things that i'm interested in doing and although it um <laughs> it's taking me courage i i have booked to, to go on them um not with a sort of feeling of oh i wonder if the right man will be there but just to first of all open my life out because my social life as a musician has always been around musicians and they're always people that I know and you never get any surprises you know and I thought I've got to um expand you know beyond just being with the musicians all the time because that's never you know that's just not working and so um I'm just wanting to sort of thank you really because I'm just finding it um I, it's the way that I feel inside to me, which is the most important. I'm not sort of even looking for a result, although, of course, that'd be nice. It's just how it's changing my life as, you know, as a human being. So I just wanted to say that, really. <laughs> and thank well, you. Uh, yeah, well, thank you for saying all that. And uh, you're very right. You know, doing this stuff will, you know, you know our goal is to find our soulmate, of course. But in the meantime, it just makes your life better, as you're noticing. Like, it helps you feel better. Like, making your room more inviting just shifts your own energy. So, like I, feel yeah. like I feel more open now, right? Mm, yeah. And, you know, joining a meetup, doing some activity that you really enjoy, um, again, as you're saying, it makes your life better. Yeah. Social opportunities and your makes your life feel richer. Yeah. And, and, the, and the nice you know side benefit of all this is you're in a much better state of mind and state of feelings and you do run into your soulmate right mm -hmm. so if you're joining this meetup and you're attending weekly you're doing these fun activities and some new person shows up you'll meet everybody who's there's kind of the core there's always a core group that like shows up to everything and then there's these new people that show up periodically and you know you might meet somebody just through the core group um uh and you may or may not either way and then but when some new person shows up you know you're 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 there doing some really fun thing that you love doing and you're in a great mood and this person shows up and you smile and interact and you talk and you know, something starts happening so it's uh yeah that's really great i think it's so, like for me it feels like sort of um person feng shui rather than just clearing out the house and making it but in doing that and in doing all these things that you suggest um it, it's definitely sort of clearing me out and uh, I, I just feel excited and and that there's a possibility whereas before i started doing this i just was absolutely closed down you know i was feeling there's no possibility at all there's no available men it'll never happen especially at my age and just changing all this energy is that uh, just changing my belief about that so yeah yeah great yeah. thank you 
<laughs> yeah, you're very welcome. I'm glad you spoke up and, and shared all this. This is really good. Thank you, yeah. Steph. Yeah, you're very welcome. It's nice Thanks. to celebrate the good stuff. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Um, again, we still have a little time left. So if anybody else has a question, feel free to raise your hand. Anybody, anybody? Um, oh, by the way, if, if you don't, if you're not familiar with the meetup thing that the last person was just talking about, I have a video talking about, um, you know, where to go to meet single people. I just mentioned three possibilities in reverse order, for which I think are the best. So my third choice was dating sites, just because I have very mixed feelings about dating sites, but they're too big a resource to ignore. So I say, yeah, you know, use them, but limit your time on them. And then I talked about speed dating, which is um, sort of the opposite of a dating site. You show up as an event. I actually used to run speed dating events myself. And you, um, you know, there's, there's a group of people, let's say, you know, 15 men, 15 women. And uh, women are all sitting in, in, in at tables. And the men rotate in order. There's usually numbers. And you just rotate in order. You meet everybody. Right? Everybody meets everybody. But you only get like six minutes per person. And you're not allowed to ask each other out. Instead, you just you have a sheet of paper with everybody's first name and last initial on it. And if you like the person, you check their name. Well, check yes next to their name. And if both people check yes, that means you matched. And then you get each other's contact information sent to you after the event's over. And then you can set up a date. And the cool thing about that is, um, you know, you don't know anything about each other like you're on a dating site, but you get to feel if there's any connection, which you can sense in the first three minutes. It doesn't even take six. There's only reason why you sit six minutes with each person so you don't feel so rushed. <laughs> Within the first three minutes, you can tell if there's a sense of a connection. And um, it's a nice resource. You just meet a whole bunch of people one day or evening, one event. And... Uh, I find it more conducive to dating sites, much way more efficient. But then the best method is the one that the last person was talking about, where you find an activity that you love doing uh, for its own sake. And you try and find a place where you can do that activity on a weekly basis. And the only criteria is that the activity has to be able to be done in a group and that the gender you're interested in is part of participants, right? Um, now, for me, that was da social dancing, salsa dancing or swing dancing. And there was, the, there was these dances that were happening every week. And um, I would show up because I love dancing. So that was my primary purpose for being there. And my secondary purpose is I'm, you know, I'm, I was open to meeting somebody romantically. And in fact, I met nearly all my girlfriends through dancing. And I did meet my wife dancing, salsa dancing. Now, if you're not a, you know, into dancing like I am, uh, uh, one place to find these kinds of activities is a, is a site called meetup.com, um, where they have, you know, they call them meetups. It's basically people on the site can create what are called meetups, which are just basically groups based on an, an activity that they share in common. 
and uh, the person pay, you know, meetup gets their money through the person who's organizing the group. It's free to be a member of the group, um, but the organizer pays money to meetup.com, and they're the ones who schedule events. They would usually schedule some sort of regular event based on that activity. So maybe, so examples, hiking, you know, hiking meetup or a dancing meetup or, you know, like we, there's a salsa meetup group um, that was there. Uh, you know, whatever the activity is, you know, who knows, bicycling or uh, movies, you know, movie fan, fan yeah, movie club or whatever. So some sort of activity. And you just search the site for activities that you like, and you'll find different meetup groups based on those activities, and you join them for free, and you just, you know, join them in those activities. So you don't necessarily have to do it that way, but it's just a very convenient way to find groups. The other way to do it is just to use Google and type, you know, let's say you, um, like, for instance, for me, if I moved to a new area and I was wanted to find, go you know, salsa dancing, I would just type in salsa dancing and the, and the city location, right? Salsa dancing, Boston or whatever, you know. Now, usually there usually be several, and then I go, oh, okay, this is where I can go to do that activity. But you could do the same thing, you know, hiking club, San Francisco, you know, or whatever, whatever you, wherever you live, right? So you can either use Meetup.com or you can just use Google, and either way, you'll find groups of people doing the activity you like, and you show up at the some scheduled activity, and you look to see if if it has both you know, men and women. Yay, then you're okay. Just they have the gender you like. So anyway, that's to me the best way to do it because if you're going there to, to uh, participate in this really fun activity that you love doing, then you're doing it, you're participating in the group doing the activity you love doing. So you're having a great time. It's, it's, you'll, you'll be in a good mood. Um, you'll know that all the other people doing it at least enjoy the same activity. So it's already a point of connection. And they're in a good mood. So everybody's in a good mood, right? So it's very conducive to meeting each other and uh, sharing the activity and and uh, just makes it easier to connect and stuff like that. So that's my favorite way of meeting um, people that you could potentially be interested in romantically. Um, and the only other way is uh, using the law of attraction and, you know, Honoring those subtle urges to do something out of the ordinary. I have a video on that, so we're we're at the end here, so I don't want to go into all the details about it. But I have a video called "The Right Way to Use the Law of Attraction to Find to Find Your Soulmate to Attract Your Soulmate," where I talk go into depth about that. So, anyway, uh, it's great talking, everybody. Keep tapping, clear those blocks, and you will and fears and you know all that stuff. And you will you will uh, meet an amazing partner for you. And I'll see you guys on the next live Q and A call. All right, bye everybody.